God, the priest of the Israelites. So welcome to Smite Me. Um, like volume. We mourn the volume we never had, but guess what? We're back. Does anyone want to make a Norm Finkelstein joke to really just get us back? <laughs> yeah, wow. You know, almost this is fitting because, okay, we're done with the Torah. We're in the, you know, the freaking epilogue. Uh, and it's kind of just repeating the greatest hits. And here we are, uh, you know, trying to recreate the magic that we just had off tape. Anyway, welcome to Smite Me. Yeah, basically we just had a very long preamble. Ooh, a little warm-up. John, you were telling us in terms of smiteable deeds, there were f- fucking people trying to get, get you to shake a lemon. <laughs> there were fucking people <laughs> trying to get you, bro. <laughs> yeah, basically. You, you want to regale the listeners with what happened to you. Also, we're all in the same room at the yeah. same time. This and is a most auspicious. Fucking good. And that's why we're a little loosey-goosey. Very loosey-goosey. <laughs> And, um, yeah, let me just, uh, recalibrate. Um, I feel like I just witnessed the Library of Alexandria burning to the ground. No, just kidding. We lost, what, probably seven minutes? Of the most profound banter. We lost, I, okay, I think, I think we made some good points. I was talking about how I'm living in Brooklyn right now, and so I'll get people stopping me, asking me, are you Jewish, specifically with... A lulav and etrog, the lemon and whatever it is. The other the thing, plant big, bundle, big plant bundle for Sukkot. For Sukkot, twenty dollars off, big old plant bundle. And asking me, <laughs> got all kinds of bundles. Asking me if I'm Jewish. Um, are you Jewish? Are you Jewish? Yeah, and <laughs> there's some of them have asked me while I was on a kit on a on a bike. Um, like kids, I'm like on a bike, and they're like, "Sir, are you Jewish?" And I've I think the I think the rudest thing I said was just like, "I'm going too fast." For that, or some something to that effect. That's not rude. It's kind of like I'm going too fast to be Jewish. <laughs> um, yeah, Judaism yeah. only happens There's under no sixty-five. Yeah, but yeah, one kid asked me, um, "Are you Jewish?" While I'm on my bike, and I, I was like, "Uh," and he just goes, "Yes or no," which was I was like, "Wow, okay, yes." And then he was like, "Well, can you?" And then I I was like, "No, I gotta go." And I started by and he starts ch- he like starts chasing me on my bike. That's a detail <laughs> I didn't he like really was trying to. I was like, "What is gonna happen here?" Oh wow! But then I was going through Prospect Park and there was like a ton of kids trying to ask people like runners and bikers if they were really Jewish. they it were was, really going after the moving targets. It was very odd. Maybe they're just like training for basketball. Like you got to be able to really stand up to someone trying to drive. <laughs> it's all about lateral motion. Yeah. But the question I was I was pondering was, if someone if one of those, these kids asked me, "Sir, are you Jewish?" How like how quickly could I turn my life around and be like, "Yes, I'm Jewish. I want to be doing what you're doing." How do I get in the garb and get all the swag and get out here asking other people if they're Jewish so that we can we collect all, we can get all the Jews? Because we're not we're not trying to get new Jews. We're just trying to activate. That's what that's, that's kind of what I like about it. They're not trying to add Jews to the mix. They're just trying to activate uh-huh. current Jews. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's like we have existing stock. We just need to get this, you know. We just yeah. need to pull it out of the warehouse. <laughs> you know Gosh. what's cool about just to just to be a little like behind the curtains, a little no fourth wall for a second. Like when you when you are trying to record a podcast and you like are talking for a bit and you you lose it. You kind of are faced with the decision of like, should we just try again or should we be absolute like psychos and try to recreate the same exact conversation <laughs> we just had? Yeah, that does kind of reveal like, because I mean, mostly we're doing this pretty casually, but there is we're still performing a little bit. And then that yeah. like really makes you think about that. You're doing that. Mm. Yeah, for sure. It's like, oh, I was just sitting here talking with you guys. Yeah. What? Why would I? Yeah, I don't know. But Josh, you, you were saying you had a smiteable. Oh. Yeah, you were gonna commit smite. Yeah, I'm. I was gonna commit smite. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have always. So like, I'm a writer. A big part of being a writer is being in a scene. I feel like just historically, like people in any creative 
anything clustering groups it helps to know the right people so on um i've always kind of hated that i feel like people should just i wish there was a way to just get by on like people or like it's not wrong to be in a creative scene or anything but the like who you know socializing aspect of it like i know pretty much for a fact like if i still lived in new york and like hung around the right people my writing life would be much better than if i'm just out here so anyway um i am gonna be in new york in a couple weeks and i'm going to like a kind of like a fancy literary magazine party um so you think you're fucking better than us so you think is that what this is fucking no, better than us no absolutely not i mean <laughs> it, it's like the kind of shit i sort of secretly make fun of or it's one of those things where you're both like it's all a little ridiculous but you still kind of want the approval and yeah like of course envy it a little bit and yeah. i don't know i just feel like and and knowing that about yourself and then just still going is kind of a funny feeling where but i'm like I'll, this is like all a little ridiculous but i also you know want to get dressed up and like go feel fancy at some little thing yeah i'm sure a lot of people there feel that way because they're mm -hmm. like literary people who like think critically and but are also like to be fancy little boys and girls yeah and everything in between uh -huh. but still fancy and for me there's the added aspect of like i've really done virtually nothing like that since the pandemic began just from the being inside perspective so the fact that in my world i'm like ratcheting it up and not just to go to some fancy party that i think is sort of not even my thing anyway but i also still want to go i don't know what you should do i think is you should go out uh go to kinko's and get printouts of like uh just like horrible tragedies and disasters you know just so that when everyone's walking around in their fancy clothes you can be like oh you think that's you think that's what matters <laughs> i should just put on the um the video for lincoln parks what i've done you know it just shows like but in the end, it doesn't even matter. But, is, but isn't that even a, a specific kind of like that fancy person who is just like anytime anyone says anything, they're like, oh, yeah, but I was actually in like the thick of it in wherever the fuck. That's a, like, that was a trope in my head. I always call the oh, dude, but my grandpa where like anytime you bring up something, somebody just brings up the fact that something happened to their grandpa. Like, oh, you're going to you're going to this place. That's dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I heard it's really nice, but like. Yeah, Ayani. Speaking of Lincoln Park, one of my truly one of my most oh, shocked uh, to hear what this is cherished be. memories of you is I we were at camp. I had an iPod video. One of the like five music videos or whatever I had was that song. What I've done by Lincoln Park, and I was like, wow, it's so like powerful. It has all these images of fucking like I don't know like baby birds covered in oil slick and like <laughs> Chernobyl and is that like the PAs had to go pour oil on a baby <laughs> bird. <laughs> No, it was like news footage, but it was kind of just like, we fucked up the world. And then you came over and asked me what I was watching. I was like, oh, it's this Lincoln Park video. You know, it's kind of about this. And you're like, no, I think I, I think I understand what it's about. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to like break it down as it was so, I don't know, just not so fucking obvious. And you're like, yeah, no, I, I, I get the point. You're just like, sitting in the cabin explaining to Ioni, like, basically the world's a pretty fucked up place, but yeah, and, you, you can't know. always exactly do anything about it. Because yeah. you're even, a, you're just a kid. And even when you grow up, you can't always do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, hey, but the thing about those fancy parties is, like, I feel like there's three ways to approach it. There's the, like, full in it, I'm a, I'm a scene kid, basically, where mm -hmm. you're just kind of, like, you and these people are always exhausting to talk to i don't really i feel like i don't even need to explain it to anyone mm -hmm. like someone who's deep in a scene for the sake of being in the scene they're just it's hard because they're barely human beings like <laughs> they're like a collection of like people they ran into yeah places they stood truly yeah and then there's kind of the like your end where it's kind of like oh like uh you know a, a, this isn't necessarily my thing, but I actually do stand to gain a lot. Sort yeah. of by like, and the other thing is I do like to party at the same time. Yeah. But it's just like that's not exactly my kind of party. And the like the third option is to just never engage with it and to like super forge your own path. And when it works for you, it makes you kind of like the coolest person in any room you go to. For sure. And it's also just like you will not really have stability in your creative field if it's at all guaranteed mm -hmm. until you're like maybe closer to your 40s and just like even if you get it to there you're just kind of like like the coolest version of how to do everything is just kind of like the one with the least amount of support and if you're just mm -hmm. also trying to be like look dude i want to like write a couple things on the site or whatever and mostly just have a job it's yeah. just like 
All right, man, go to the party. Right. Laugh at their Lincoln Park fucking. <laughs> <laughs> there's like, there's like a fully like a there's a touch football game that happens in Brooklyn where a lot of the up and coming writers play in this. Jesus Christ! No, that's I just hilarious. Also, don't normally too. feel like I want to tackle people, but I want to tackle every <laughs> single one of those. Well, people. and then they all tweet about it. They're like, "Can't wait for football," and they're like, "Just liking. tackle each other." <laughs> yeah, just tackle. Fun. Just play yeah. tackle. If you go, invite me. <laughs> I'll be like, I'm a writer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're a creative person. Touch football? I'm sorry. Are you allowed to shove? <laughs> I look. There I might touch be some you times. With my fist, dude. <laughs> touch you with these hands. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sure events like that. Like, I'm sure that you'll meet other. You'll meet other people there. Or run into people that you know that are like yeah. you enjoy, and it'll just kind of. It's you know. No, I'm kind of looking at it like I did in like a college event where it's sort of like, well, there's going to be food and alcohol there. There are probably a couple of my friends there and like, you know, it could be fun. And just I'm kind of like, well, I don't live there. It's not actually my life. So it's like a funny little thing to do like once just to see. I think you should only bring business cards and debase yourself. (laughs) (laughs) You got to leave with enter with 100 business cards, leave with 100 deviled eggs. Just pockets overflowing. Cargo shorts. My career does not have time for social niceties. <laughs> yeah. What I are you going to do take for me? This number. <laughs> yeah, well, I really got to elevate. I'll go in there with like a truly fucking um, like Nirvana grind set and just. You just, you take the platter. Is heroin? <laughs> no, I just mean, like, I will have achieved, like, maximum grind set enlightenment. Oh, like, Nirvana, just, like, the concept. Not yeah, the not band. like Kurt Cobain, <laughs> yeah, you no. doofus. Yeah, if anything, he suffered from a lack of grind set. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, you know, take go in there with the tote bag, take the deviled eggs, pour them in the tote bag, and then the tray that the deviled eggs were on, splay your business cards <laughs> on the tray. Or just stick the business card into the, like, puff of deviled No, because then cream. you don't get to <laughs> mail me the deviled eggs. The next part of this is you have to send me the deviled eggs. <laughs> in New That's York, true. you can just bring you them You do need you. the protein. I'll literally be... St- oh, I actually won't be staying at your house. I don't care. You know, you need yeah. to mail them. To- I need yeah. to mail them. To- <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is I want eggs in the mail. <laughs> okay? And never can get eggs in the mail. That? Yeah. No one I ever also takes love the idea of it. like a server walking by or whatever just be like, oh, deviled eggs, excuse me, could I see that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. You just take the whole tray. Well, that's smiteables. I only do you have any smiteables? No, I, I don't have any smiteables. Right. I'm, I'm a perfect. I work. I'm working too much. That's, All right. that's why I don't have working too much to sin. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, working nine to just, five. I'm just keeping. What a way to avoid sinning. Sin. I'm just. I'm just keeping of... capitalism going, baby. Mm. Mm. Gorgeous. Um, do we have any Jews in the news or anti-Semites in the news? <laughs> a lot of anti-Semites in the news. No, really, just one. Are real Jews in the news? I mean, we already talked about Kanye last week, but he's... Uh, he's at it again. He's at it again. Or maybe he just never stopped. This is sort of one I don't long. think he ever stops. <laughs> I mean, except for to sleep. The whole thing originally was... It's like, I got some shit to say about I the mean, Jews, we, but... I'm, I'm a little, little bit sleepy, but... When Kanye, many, like, a decade ago said, we all know the government administers AIDS, I was like, okay, there's, like, a silent part of that that's also about the Jews somehow. You know? Mm. I think it's really just... I think the government administers AIDS... Do you actually think that? No, I think at one point they did, and maybe still do. I mean, I think, I don't know, administered, but like... I think they actively took a role in making sure that it didn't really get stopped in any sort of way. Yeah, there's like, you know, being happy with the effects effects of it. I don't think they were even happy. I think it was true apathy. Yeah. It's just like, well, this isn't these aren't people we care about anyways, so who gives a shit? Yeah, but anyway, I feel like Kanye's always had a little of that conspiracy also i think sure. just conspiracy stuff in america in particular is just like there's such fertile ground within it and like the milieu that it's always come up with has always been so full of like anti-semitic tropes anyways that like it's almost impossible to avoid totally right? it's just in the water like, do you guys know who bill cooper is Mm-mm. no bill cooper is probably one of the main people who kind of destroyed our conception of like truth in overall america he's a he was a big conspiracy theorist he died the proper way a conspiracy theorist should die which was in a shootout with the police i was about to say his <laughs> arm standoff <laughs> yeah. yeah but for real <laughs> um over what over over conspiracy burial dude over the fact that he was like living on like some land and he was like threatening 
quote unquote trespassers, even though it was like a public trail and stuff. And then like the kind of local police had let him kind of do his thing for a while. And then they got like a new chief of police who decided to like show off that he was going to be like the new top dog in town. And it ended up getting a couple of people killed. Um, This all to say he wrote a book, a very influential uh, conspiracy book called Pale Horse or Behold a Pale Horse. In reference to the, the the New Testament, but in it he reprints the entirety of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Nice. But the reason I bring him up and the reason why it's it's all kind of related is that that book is also super kind of influential for some people in like early hip hop. But it's also he's probably the only conspiracy theorist who, when he says he isn't anti-Semitic, he probably isn't because he's just a fucking idiot. And he, in his book where he reprints it, he goes, you got to understand basically that the Jews are the fall guys and you have to like replace the <laughs> word Jews with Illuminati and the words Goyim with sheeple. <laughs> Wait a minute. And then just reprints the entirety of it without <laughs> editing it. That's really funny. He he this even, isn't true, but here's all of it. He doesn't even control F and, ex- and like do all those replacements himself. Nope. He's just like, I'm going to have you finish off the rest of this uh-huh. one. I mean, wow. it's it happens all the time. It's like kind of the, what am I about to say? It's like kind of the backdrop of Trumpism. But like, it's just always funny to me when people who are super rich, like are conspiracy theorists mm-hmm. and are like, here's who's really controlling the world. Like, it's you, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. literally you. What are you talking about? Also, like those people, especially financially, their lives are so complicated beyond what like a normal person's money stuff looks like that when you're just talking about like evil all-powerful bankers or whatever are like literally the people who keep you rich you know it's like right. you have you probably someone like as rich as them... Kanye probably has a personal banker on speed dial at one of these places whose whole job is just to like be Kanye's banker yeah, yeah. you know it's it like... quite possible that he's that he's a Jewish guy oh yeah very possible so it's just funny that like and you know, likely even that Kanye would only trust a Jewish person. Like, I feel like that's real. Like, didn't Jay-Z some, say some shit like that? And Or, like, there, tons of rappers well, he's on are... on a different end of that, I think. Sure, but all yeah. I'm saying is tons of rappers He's like, have... I admire them because they control world finance. <laughs> well, right, right. Actually, the, the more we're talking about it, I feel like it's more likely that Kanye is like, definitely no Jews can handle my money. Mm-hmm. What do yeah. you mean? Um, just cause, I just Because he think... doesn't trust Jews? Yeah, yeah oh, I think he's... Uh-huh. And that's the other thing, too. This is not to give him a pass, but he's also, like, pretty deeply not there. Yeah, that, I mean, like, he's not... I don't know. This I, is not... He can get help if he wants to. This is not really an excuse, but, like, you also got to understand that there's, like, the conspiracy theorists who are in it because, like, we were talking about him earlier. Alex Jones, he's in it for the fucking money, 100%, mm-hmm. and the narcissism of it, right? Then you get the people who are just, like, not that great. Alex Jones isn't fully there either, I don't think. No, but. he isn't. But, like, a huge he's part a of it is operator. the money. Yeah. Sure, of course. Um, and then, like, I think there's the people who are kind of just, like, not the best critical thinkers when they get info and they kind of can just get swayed or whatever. Yeah, and they have to go to – those kind of people sometimes have to go to info <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I much prefer info information. Yeah. And then I think there's kind of, like, the people more like Kanye who probably have this, like, enormous web of, like, complicated whatever the fucks, which is just how they experience life all of the time mm-hmm. and then as soon as like someone else starts weaving threads for them or whatever they just take the piece and, and fucking run with it yeah and i i get the sense too that like people like him are just so like all about doing whatever they feel like is different from the expected yeah. or normal thing right. that at like, a certain point like thing? it just like becomes like dominant like polite society if you're all about fucking you know being original and doing something that you feel is different in reaction to that, you're going to do something racist, even though also like, but not being... even just racist, but like, it's like, he can like go, go like, Ooh, I'll wear a fucking white lives matter shirt to Paris fashion week. But it's like, yeah, if you really want to like, if you really want to challenge everything, have make everyone get mad at you, like on hard mode on fucking Defcon three mode, like get the Jews mad at you, say some anti-Semitic shit. I feel like that's just, it's almost like he's doing that. Cause being anti-Semitic is the hardest hole to dig yourself out of. Yeah, right. Like, so he's he like, let's have some still fun. Wants to shock me. And the amazing thing, though, is not, normally I don't find myself, you know, being like, wow, you know, John Legend, there's a guy who really we should be paying tons of attention to. But, but he was kind of like, you know, I saw an interesting thing he had online where he was just saying, well, you know, like Kanye, like 
why do you and all the people who claim to be like visionary and free thinkers always just have the same anti-semitic opinions <laughs> you know it's like it's like not actually yeah it's not actually original it's no. shock like yeah it's literally just shock it's pure like he did have one original anti-semitic take that i, I gotta give him <laughs> what was that what was that one is the one where he said that jews got rich um being divorce lawyers because catholics catholic lawyers wouldn't do divorces and so jews just got in there and were like i'll do it that is more of an indictment, I feel like, on lawyers in general of, of any religious yeah. stripe. <laughs> on lawyers? Yeah. That's really I funny. guess so. It's just kind of specific. I feel like maybe he had a Jewish, or Kim had a Jewish well, divorce yeah, <laughs> like, But that's exactly what I mean, is like, that's what I mean, like, his, his, his worldview is already so, like, intensely global while at the same time uh, infinitely parochial. Yeah, like right. he can only understand things not even just through the lens of things happening to him, but his direct experience. Right. Like if so, in this case, if this divorce lawyer is Jewish, therefore all divorce lawyers must be Jewish. Yeah. And if they're not all Jewish, they just haven't realized they're Jewish. Yeah. Better get Jewish. <laughs> and he's 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 he is not following the cardinal rule. I feel like of American celebrity, which is you can like say and do anything you want as long as the underlying product is good and like just the product isn't good anymore. Yeah, you know, like if he was still making great music and he was saying the exact same things, people would be like, "Well, but he gave us this album." But it's just like, it's just kind of like whatever the fuck. And like now he's hosting weird listening parties with like Marilyn Manson and fucking like a bunch of other fucking bygone yeah. like in yeah. a cold field. My God, him fucking Marilyn Manson and like Elon Musk hanging out. Like I would rather absolute legend. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird to see like, oh, yeah, this is all the like this is all the money in the world you could ever want. And it's still just the three fucking dorks. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like pissed off like middle aged men. Yeah, it's like you're not that different from the guy living in a motel, like, you know, angry at his wife uh-huh. who can't stop saying misogynistic things to women at the bar so she can't get laid. Yeah, like, it's crazy. Literally, just go be on an island, sip a drink with coconuts. Like, that's the thing I don't get is you have so much money. Chill the fuck out. I know. I would just disappear. Or I'd be like, well, anyway. It is wild, yeah, to just be so mad at jews when you don't got to be mad at anybody especially when i feel like the jews really love kanye <laughs> yeah we that yeah if you would have seen how you know like graduation era kanye was played at the urj jewish summer camps you would never would never have those words never for would our have people. Said that. <laughs> yeah never would have said it yeah. we demand an apology <laughs> anyways we demand an apology from kanye west apologize to the jews and apologize to me. Yeah, apologize to, to these me. three Jews. <laughs> yeah. yeah, apologize to smite me for your very. It's very offensive what you said, and it's very hurtful that you. We had to talk about you on our podcast two weeks in a row. That's and that's and that's truly the biggest crime of them all. Anyways, should we get into this? Fucking uh, do it, bro. This yeah. little bit of Bible here. Mm, it's Joshua time. Oh, it's time to talk. My about. namesake, Joshua FKA Hosea. What? Is um, that true? Yeah, that was his name. And then to fill people in, we're at the end. You know, the uh, the Jews have reached the precipice of entering the promised land of Israel. Moses dies for having, uh, you know, committed a couple boo-boos along the way. Joshua is his successor. Um, the Hosea thing is like, at one point, Joshua's a spy for Moses. And that's when, like, the spies go into Israel ahead of time and come back. And, like, most of them were like, we'll never win. They're too big. Like, oh, yeah. And yeah. then Joshua's like, but actually, no, we got this. God's going to save us. And then Moses, I guess, just, like, renames him to, like, God will save you by naming him Yehoshua rather than Hosea. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Also, I like the idea of just, like, a, a late 90s cartoon of, like, I'm a spy. My name's Josh. <laughs> Josh the spy. <laughs> Anyways, um, so basically we're picking up right where we left off. So all our favorite characters are back. Um, and God basically gives gives a, a new kind of version of the promise, which is basically like, I'll give you the land, but you got to be like brave and you have to be courageous and you have to be faithful. Um, so Joshua gets all the Israelites together and is basically like, look, we're going to have a big old parade. And then we're gonna we're gonna get in there and whatever. But first, we got to do some spying. So he sends two spies into the lands around Jericho, mm. 
Jericho. Jericho. Um, Jericho. So they, 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 these two spies, they pull up to Jer- Jericho, and there's this innkeeper slash woman slash maybe she's a sex worker named Rabat who basically takes oh, I feel like in. it's not really a maybe. I mean, uh, the weird, I read the Chabad thing, uh, and they like they first referred to her mm-hmm. as the woman, and then they later referred to her as a sex worker. Uh, okay. The I can't. I cannot imagine. Yeah, I was gonna say I cannot imagine the phrase "sex worker" appears on Chabad.org. No. no. <laughs> they yeah. So uh, basically, full harlot in the Reform translation. <laughs> first first reference. Harlot cool. from the jump. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. You know, uh, mm-hmm. three steps forward, two steps mm-hmm. back kind of mm-hmm. deal. You know. Um, I'm sure they were reasoning it like, well, we don't have a problem with the fact that she's a harlot. <laughs> we love <laughs> dirty little harlots. Yeah. Anyways, so they they, they kind of go and stay with her, and the, and the king of Jericho gets wind that there's these two spies. So he goes to this woman, Rabah, and is like, hey, I heard the spies are with you. And she's like, no, 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 no. They left already. Uh, maybe if you get, you know, chase after him, you'll find them. Mm-hmm. Um, and she hides them in the roof. The king's men leave, and she basically goes, hey, look, we heard about the Exodus thingy, and we've been seeing you. War is a-coming, and I am hedging my bets. We would love if he didn't annihilate us. Yeah, so she's like, I will hide you out, and I'll show you guys how to get the fuck out of here so you can report back in exchange for the fa- like my life and my family's life and all that. And the spies say, hey, no problem. It's all good. Uh, so she lowers them out of a window and they tell her she's got to basically like tie a, a red ribbon around her window. Uh, and when the army comes, the Israelite army comes, they'll know to spare her. We're obsessed. The Jews are obsessed with little symbols, little socks on the door. Yeah. It is kind of an exact parallel to like the Passover. Totally. This is, that's what I was saying earlier. There's a little bit of just like, they're hitting some of the same beats. Yeah. They're nudging each other while they're riding it. Like, ah, dude, we're, we're smart. There's only a few beats that they ever hit and they've kind of just been been playing him back to yeah. us to some avail sometimes yeah. and i would like to note too just a fun fact they specifically state that her house is in the uh the castle walls yeah. um and i've actually seen what some of those houses look like and they're pretty cool yeah houses that are inside of a castle wall yeah or like the city walls like you can kind of see them oh, in, right like the, the like israel and palestine and there's kind of like some older like roman ones where it's like kind of just have this like dope apartment where like the window outside is just out of the city uh-huh. and then the inside is yeah. like the hustle and the bustle it, they're cool um, the inside of your apartment is hustle and bustle no like the inside of the the, the wall like you're you're exactly on the border but yeah. oh, inside sure. and outside and you get yeah that'd be kind of cool so you like go from the hustle and bustle and you go into your bedroom for example and then it's just like the open plains i went to a, a pub once in a in a castle wall in scott or in ireland and that was very cool yeah they're cool yeah. i kind of feel like they defeat the purpose of the wall just a, a wee bit but hey but you know we people gotta live you're gonna tell a, a, a female small business owner or also just like the pub where it's like yeah we'll defend the walls as long as they don't <laughs> decide to get a drink we put the bar in the wall but then what are the walls what are the walls of the bar are those there's no walls. They, there's no bar. It's just air. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. So yeah, the uh, the the spies hide out and they come back to Joshua and they basically tell them like, do you think they did you know. it? I think they, it's, they did. Yeah, it. They did. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think uh-huh. sex. They did. <laughs> they did the old schmooty pooty. Seems like um, <laughs> a kind of fraught interaction taking place of the like. Hey, we're gonna spy and also like buy some sex from you, and maybe we won't kill you. I, honestly, I think that's perhaps this is one of those things like warfare itself that espionage has always been about, like getting in deep where the enemy is. <laughs> oh well, but isn't that also? <laughs> I wish you hadn't looked at me the way you, you'll what? never know, audience. The look I just got. I, I won't even know. <laughs> you um, don't want to know. Nigging around the roofs. <laughs> oh but. Um, now I'm distracted. <laughs> Wouldn't they, if these women are asking them like, "Hey, we know about your big, strong, crazy God. Please don't kill us." Wouldn't them having sex with those fellas be kind of to sweeten the deal for the not getting killed? I can yeah, see no, that. that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, all of this is just kind of a fucked interaction because they're like, "Oh, well, yeah, that's yeah, like, everything." Hmm, is. What can we offer these guys versus what are they going to do to us otherwise? Which is not a yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, so fellas, make sure to just think about how all powerful your God is. You know, 
before you start to try to coerce anyone. Like, is, does it make it fair? Exactly. Yeah, that it, you have the god that kills everyone. Yeah. What is consent like in these situations is basically what we're asking. Just kill God before you fuck. That's my advice. <laughs> Good advice. Anyways, wow. so the the spies come back to Joshua and, the, and they they're just like, look, we got this. Like, we'll we'll be fine. So Joshua basically has a big procession in the middle of the camp, and they're like, look, we're we're finally going to do it. We're going to enter the Holy Land. God is like, make sure nobody is too close to the Ark. Um, and they go to the river, and then they kind of hit another kind of like past beat again, where they don't straight up part the river jordan but where they walk it's dry and all the water stops running and they kind of camp out in the middle of the jordan for a couple days and it's this big kind of like mini yeah they pick up some commemorative stones yeah they like, make a little altar you know pick up which uh let's put a little pin in that because there's an interesting thing about the altar all in, right in the present day let's put a little and which I also think is interesting too, because they kind of mention at the end of Deuteronomy that like no one was as cool as Moses, and this is kind of like, look, we're not parting any more oceans, but yeah. we'll we'll dry a river out for you. That's nothing nothing wrong there. Um, so basically, while they're camping there, they they kind of uh, have a little celebration and a commemoration, and word gets to the kind of the Canaanites and the Amorites that like, look, the the Israelites they're coming. Um, and they all kind of like shit themselves or whatever. Um, and when they're getting ready to go, Joshua sees basically like an angel with a big old sword. And the angel tells him like, hey, when you get to Jericho, what you're going to do is you're going to circle around the city. You're going to lay siege to it. And then every day you're going to walk around it blowing trumpets until the seventh day. And then you're going to walk around it seven times and you're going to blow the trumpets and then you're going to win the battle. And Joshua's like, no fucking problem. So they show up. That's what they do. They do a, a, a whole their little song and dance. And on the seventh day, they blow the the uh, the trumpets, and the walls come come crumbling down. Mm-hmm. They uh, except then, for our friend, um, except for Rabah. Rabah. Yeah, yes. She and family escape, mm-hmm. and uh, will play a, a role. Going or is forward. it Rahab? Um, I think it's Rahab in ours. It is Rahab. Rahab. I, um. But basically, so then they, they enter Jericho and God is like, look, here's the deal is that everything in there is like totally unholy and, and not cool. Um, so you have to burn everything except for the silver and the gold. And Joshua is like, cool thing about the silver and the gold is that that actually goes into the holy treasury because that's for God. So none of y'all even get that. So they go and they uh, they committed genocide. Yeah, pretty much. They kill everyone. It's really pretty striking that they just keep talking about the treasury of the house of the Lord. You know, it's just like... I think it's like Moses is dead, so the the mask is further off. Uh huh. It's a little mm-hmm. bit like yeah. all right, like you know. We're... Though to be honest, I mean, even the 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 mask was like here. We're promising you this thing. People are already there, but fuck it, you know. I mean, do you think Moses was ever holding them back from from like going full DefCon three on Moses? I feel like had his hands full trying to stop God from killing all the Jews. <laughs> And I think maybe there was an aspect of the character written. Moses is kind of like just does what God says, where Joshua is like kind of a little bit more. Precacious. Yeah, taking some lead and like, everyone, go, go, go burn them all. Right, God? God's like, He's like more to prove in a certain sense, even though Moses is the first one. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the that's a little bit of reading. I do have a little bit of historical note about this book. You're about to drop, drop the babylonian ex exile basically this is not a book that anyone thinks is written contemporaneously with the the events as it's happening this is seems to be very much like a an update an updated version of stuff later um Mm -hmm. and a really interesting thing is from a historical perspective this somewhat coordinates with an actual historical event which is just kind of what they call the bronze age collapse where like a lot of these city states kind of just like fall apart and get abandoned when what they find is really interesting is there's a lot of language, and we'll get to it in some of the other battles they have later, where they kind of say, like, oh, yeah, and the Israelites completely wiped out this entire city, right? And that there's a pretty good chance that actually by the time whatever historical population that was the Israelites was moving in, that these cities were already abandoned. Mm. Um, and that it's kind of like retconning that as being like part of our doing yeah. as opposed to just like... 
So we're taking credit for a genocide we never even did? Or it's probably, it might not even be a genocide. It might just be that, like, society sort of, like, collapsed or whatever, so that people moved away from the population. So that used to kind of happen. Right, but then, so then we get there and we're like, actually, we killed all these exactly. fucking Exactly, yeah. And, and in a, it was being written, people think, at a time when the Babylonians had you know, kind of sent the historical Jewish population out of Palestine itself. So there's this almost this longing for like, you know, these tough guy Jews who like swept through and like kicked everybody's ass being written by people who like don't currently have this homeland that they feel is theirs. And I've seen some stuff saying that like some of the battles they talk about, they talk about like getting land that was, Acquiring land that did wasn't even acquired until later, but so just sort of again like inflating the impressiveness of this campaign. Because yeah. it's like more impressive to be like, yeah, we came in and we destroyed the very famous city of Jericho, as opposed to like everything was fucked and we were just one population moving uh-huh. around like others were. There was like a weird mold in the wheat field, and then you know yeah. Jericho got fucked up, and then we showed up after like I don't know. Yeah, yeah. the other the um. The other history bit I was going to add is there's this guy um, in the 80s named um, Adam Zertal, who is a archaeologist at the University of Haifa. Um, and after the Yom Kippur War, I believe, when Israel won parts, you know, won some land from Jordan, they were going, he was like surveying this new area that like hadn't really been able to be surveyed by Israeli archaeologists. And he found this altar that he kind of thought maybe was the altar where Joshua is doing some of the stuff with the stones, sacrifices. Because, like, it it seemed like it was an altar that somebody used. Like, there were all these burnt-up animal bones and ashes and, like, pottery, and, like, the bones came from choice animals. So it seemed like somebody was using this. And people were – and it's kind of still a subject of scholarly debate because it's – some of the stuff found there would actually put the arrival of the Jews like closer to the biblical timeline than they actually were. But I don't know, it's just this kind of interesting thing of like they kind of can't do a ton more work on it because now where that altar is is like in the West Bank. Um, and I don't know, there's just like wacky stuff. Like people, there's like this whole confusing world of archaeology where like some people take the bible as historical record some people take it as mythology some people take it as total bullshit and like all of them are in this kind of scholarly debate with each other about like you know some pile of rocks they found on a hill yeah in the west bank well it's also like it's when you're talking about these things too where it's like it's even if it's based off of history it might not be a great the bible isn't necessarily even always trying to put things in historic order even Right. Could be that like that was an altar used very literally by like whatever population of Israelites. But that might have been when they were kind of darting in and out of the area, maybe before like the, the mass migration happened. And like maybe yeah. this was kind of just a holy site you pilgrimage to. The Bible history is already not great at kind of describing that nuance when you open a textbook, population movements. They're not like and then one day three million people showed up. Right. And they were it's there. Very... It's always more nuanced than that but like the bible's even worse about that yeah like because if you if you because you can't really tell a good story of like oh you know uh jimmy went down to that area one time and he brought his cousin and his cousin didn't like it but he told his friends and then sort of a lot of people moved there but then the rainy season was particularly rough that time it's like corrupted so many times in a row i mean even like the way we learn about our own history is like so incorrect like so not factually correct that if you compound that over thousands of years with like worse record keeping you're fucked. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'd add on that is one of the key objects they found at this altar was an amulet. It was like a tiny, like the size of like a postage stamp kind of. Amulet. Um, and it's called the curse amulet uh, because the reading, you couldn't make out what it said, but then they like scanned it in some lab in Prague and they found in like proto-Hebrew, it just was like, God curses you, God curses you, God curses you, like over and over again, which oh, honestly kind of takes it back to that Old Testament, like God's going to fuck you up. <laughs> I'd be distract. so mad if I found that and then I was like, oh, what does it say? And then they're like, it says God curses you, God curses you, God curses you. <laughs> like, damn, I wish I never even found that out. <laughs> damn, you're fucking an archaeologist. You couldn't have just told me it says... uh it says thank you thank you thank you like one of those grocery bags yeah that would be that's like a special kind of regret is like an archaeologist you spend your whole life trying to find some great 
discovery and then it's just like curse you <laughs> it's also just like oh yeah you don't believe in god well here's an ancient rock that says god curses you so i'm sure you're very rational but like good luck sleeping fucker <laughs> <laughs> yeah for real you fucking pull it up you get it all like scanned out and whatever and it just says like if you're reading this colon fuck you <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much through history through the eons of history god just said fuck you you just had to know that's like kind of the underlying <laughs> it's the underlying thing is like god doesn't curse you in, in case unless you have a curious mind and go find that out like, yeah, yeah, you fucking find this stone with like a little bone carving and it just says like, yeah, that shirt's not very flattering yeah, on you. Fuck, yeah, you look like <laughs> shit. Yeah. So anyway. Well, I mean, God you know, you. hey, that's an alt- altars are fun. Alter- well, I mean, this is kind of the thing, too, is like there's this thing that I honestly don't 100 percent understand, which is tradition of like the Haftarah, right? Mm-hmm. Where you like read from the extra writings of the Bible alongside it's like a but kid on his uh, on their bar mitzvah day yeah. will have like the, their Torah portion, which it comes out of the five books that we previously have covered, and then a half half Torah, which is like the book of Joshua and some mm-hmm. other ones. But what's funny to me is like that we're reading them sequentially right now, right? So like mm-hmm. Joshua theoretically comes after Deuteronomy, but the very end of Deuteronomy was just them starting Genesis back over again for like two seconds. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of get two seconds of Genesis and they're like, no, actually we're back with the Israel stuff. Sorry, let's focus. That's, I mean, I don't know. It's just kind of, it is a little bit just kind of like a TV show that hasn't realized that it's actually ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it's like, ah, oh, okay, well, like all your, remember all your favorite characters? Like, well, now this is set in the same universe. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, nothing about the universe really hooked me in. <laughs> that doesn't do much for me at all. Yeah. Maybe it was, in a different like universe. A continuation of The Sopranos, but you only just like follow a, a plumber's family where you're like all right i guess this is cool if you really like new jersey but like yeah it's like you just get random like were you a fan of like the israelites (laughs) like just in general um we didn't mention this in the summary so i'll throw this out there um a huge mass recircumcision happens i forgot about that and that's because my note taking app did not fucking write Uh, all the notes so i did that off the fucking dome piece there's a hill of foreskins yeah, well, because they explain... Does it say that? A hill, a hill? At least in the Chabad trans, they're like... They talk about a literal, like, a pile? No, they call it the Hill of Fortune. Dude, Chabad is on one. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, we've wow. talked about this at the Chosen episode, too, but technically they're having more fun than we are. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> at least with this text. Uh-huh. I'm just picturing some some whale who has, like, a, a business called Hill of Foreskins. He has like a drawing on the side of his truck. Because it kind of sounds like hella foreskins. I mean, it's you know? tr- that's true too. Um, yeah, well, they explain, which is just kind of a funny aspect that, again, just like never heard about this one in Sunday school. Like, all of the all of the Jews who like wandered in in the desert don't make it to Israel. All the adult ones because they were kind of like complaining and didn't believe in God. <laughs> they all get killed. Party poopers. Yeah, they're all party poopers. So then it's like, well. Then, you know, all these fighting age males are in Israel all of a sudden and like we need them to be, you know, Jewish soldiers for God. And so like Joshua is just there with a flint knife, just circumcising everyone. Well, I mean, get it back to fucking uh, Abraham. That's what Abraham did. Totally. They're literally just giving him all the profit. It's like they're putting him on the fast track to profit stuff. It's like, all right, you've talked to God. This is good. Now you're going to have to get good at giving speeches. And then this is the part of the certification where you give 300 circumcisions. Um, I also thought it was funny that they call it. They say that if all of Israel gets circumcised a second time. And I get what they're saying, Mm -hmm. which is like this is the second time that this is ritually happening on on a mass scale. But what that sounds like is like... We already took your four skins. We only took two skins They're last like, time. So we needed the fucking promised me that this is like a one time. No, we already took the four skin. Now we're looking for the skin skin. Can you imagine the most the most the embarrassing skin. thing I can think think of is getting to the front of the circumcision line and your dick is still in your pants. You know what I mean? Like like like, like the guy metaphorically. No, no no like the guy who's not prepared. You know, it's because they got to be running through these pretty quickly. It's like the guy who's not prepared to pay at the grocery store. Oh, and you get to the like, front of the line, okay. and everyone's like, "Come on, seriously!" <laughs> oh, sorry, I've been waiting just get here. Out. 
Is that, is that a button fly? Come on, man. Except for I'm 100% the person behind it, where it's like, you had all of line to get your wallet out. <laughs> also, you're in robes. You don't even really have to do that much. You just got to hike it up. Um, it's like when you're at the cafe and it's a really long wait and you're just like, I just want black coffee. And the fr- oh, the only person is the person in front of you who's had been there for the 15 minutes with you. And they're like, oh, a menu. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes, to soup. That's so crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So does the oh coffee God. have coffee in it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it does, though, later. They talk about, like, all these shock troops. So, like, Joshua circumcises, like, 40,000 people. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before, right? Yeah. This happened with, who, Abraham? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He gets sloppy towards the end, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah. You put those ones in the front. And then the hill. God gives his toughest <laughs> battles to his strongest soldiers. Yeah. Um, oh, and then also they stop getting mana. That's just, like, a little callback, like... No more oh. bread falling from the sky. I forgot about that. Yeah. You well, know? I think that's that was like a... when like workers stopped getting hazard pay, even though the pandemic for sure wasn't over. It's like also we're cutting we're cutting the mana program. Uh, yeah. Because Moses died and he was the only one who knew how to do the paperwork for the mana. Yeah. So. I mean, in this case, they're just sort of like, well, now that they were like successfully occupying this land that they just got handed to them, they could just eat the food. Yeah. It says that they like eat the grain of the land for the first time, and they make they actually they have Passover. They do the Passover thing, which actually kind of thematically makes sense. Yeah. Like, that's that's kind of the most important thing. And then they have, like, the matzah, basically. And after that, God is like, cool, well, y'all can take care of yourself now. <laughs> oh, you think... So manna was oh, never meant now. to be a long-term program. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's yeah. always going to be a short-term mm-hmm. thing. I know we had, the, we had the resources to feed you all, but we're just not going to anymore. I mean, at this point, you can yeah. make... Dry crackers and what is what? What's nicer than a dry cracker? That's true. A dry cracker. A wet cracker. <laughs> wow. Um. That's what you do get in the pool. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, mean, I think that was really insensitive. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it was. A wet cracker. <laughs> cracker to me is always funny that anyone has the audacity to try and claim that's a slur. That to me is like just schoolyard. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you cracker. I'm sure at some point it's like it calling had someone a, a lamo or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the first time it was said, it was a little bit jarring. Uh huh. Yeah. Because it requires no explanation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Everyone who's been called a cracker knows exactly what that means. That's a uh, wow. Good, yeah. re- good rhetoric. It's got some bite to it at the first mm-hmm. bit. Come on, <sighs> bite at the bit. Bite at the bit. <sighs> Anyways. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's not honestly a ton more to say other than just, like, this feels like a little bit, like, shock and awe on the part of the Israelites where they're just, like, the people they're encountering now have heard about them and are scared of them and are just, like, yeah, don't don't do it. I think it's nice. I think it's nice overall that, like, this is a... The thing that it is hard to to express to the people who haven't actually read the text is this is a very welcome return to narrative though. Yeah, like, right. Events yeah. are happening. Oh it's god. crazy. It's like yeah. oh my god, like beginning, middle, and end. I do, I do love it in occurrence. There's like, oh, there, there, man, this book starts out with plot points. Yeah, they're like, hey, spies are going into the land. They're going to meet people. They're going to get themselves into situations. They might have to resolve conflict. Yeah. You know, that's that's really. You wonder, something. like, are they gonna come back for her? Are they gonna honor their word? You know. I was honestly, when I was reading it, I was pretty sure that they're like, they are just gonna fucking kill her. Or they're just gonna kill her in the uh, like rhetorical sense where we just don't hear about her anymore. Sure. And then they just burn down the city, and we're like, oh, did they? She. I thought the lesson was gonna be like, hey, when God says nobody, he means nobody. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, like, I was just following orders, sir, kind of behavior. Is she going to come back, though, later? Yeah, she marries Joshua. <laughs> oh, wait, did that already happen and I'm no, dumb? No, or... no, it happened. It, it happened I just later. was curious, like, I was just trying to see any, like, commentary on it. And yeah. it's just, like, one of those classic, like, Jewish scholars trying to, like, rescue, rescue and, like, kind of, like, hero-wise some yeah. of the women in the text. Just because, like, as it's written, there's just, like... It's, it's like from ambiguous, like the, at best ambiguously positive to at yeah. worst just like horrible or like total erasure. And people are kind of like, well, she's sort of like prophetic because she knew what was coming. And she's kind of this like cunning person who like figured out a prominent place despite, you know, starting. That, some- that's a pretty big come up, though. 
Yeah, no, it it is from like sex worker living in the wall of the city to like the wife of the prophet of the, the yeah. No, it's like that's like an admirable arc in the sense of like she was dealt a bad hand and like figured out a way to do it. But I don't know, like I don't, I don't suddenly feel good about that she's there. Also, I what do you mean? Well, like just because she was cunning and like figured out a way to survive, like. I, I don't just walk away from that story being purely inspired. I'm like, oh, it's because, like, the person I'm named after in the religion that I was grown up in, she was worried she was going to be, like, annihilated by the god bomb. And then it was like, well, I guess I have to marry this man. Yeah, she was <laughs> yeah. a little bit, like, seeing the writing on the wall, like, yeah. oh, I think there might be a genocide soon. I might, it might behoove me to maybe yeah. make friends with the people who right. are going to commit Which to is genocide. Which is, like, that's smart, but yeah, I don't know. Damn. I like, I, but I just, I just don't want the like, you know, brave women in Jewish history treatment of it because it's like Jewish history is also the thing that's being done to her, you know. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as far as the any of this is history. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, or at least proposed history. Yeah. They said we're gonna burn down this entire city, and she said, "I dissent." <laughs> oh my god! Notorious RHB. Love her. <laughs> yeah. She said, I just said to you doing that to my house in particular. Yeah. They did blow up her house, though. They did blow up her house. They blow it up? I would think. I, yeah, with basically. dynamite? Well, with they... song. <laughs> they sing that. They gro- they grooved the inhabitants of Jericho <laughs> out of existence. It was them. It was like Thundercat. And then just like that city fell down. Yeah, someone pulled out a bass and played a slap fucking riff for the first time in the entirety of Jericho. Just that, was the, um, the, that was when jam bands began. Beautiful. They destroyed Jericho themselves just to escape. I believe that fish could, could fucking <laughs> annihilate a city. Yeah. Yeah. It could happen. Yeah. Those hippies are mean, mean, mean people. Have you ever encountered fish people or been to shows? I know some fish folks. Yep. Like I said, they're mean, mean people. What do you like? Not always. Sometimes they're just fucking weird and on drugs. (laughs) A lot of them are throwing their lives away. What kind of mean though? I thought I thought the whole deal was like, ah, we're barefoot and just like dancing around. They're like we're barefoot and dancing around, but also like you kind of have to be barefoot and dancing around our way. And then also that like if you have anything negative to say about anything that's happening, oh, that like uh-huh. that makes you kind of fair game for just like any kind of shitty treatment. I see. They're just kind of militantly yeah. doing their thing. Also, uh-huh. b- 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 meaner than them are the people who follow them around and just make a shit ton of money selling them drugs. But also, Josh, it's like how, you know, how like you'd think surfers would be nice mm-hmm. and chill, but then actually yeah. they're fucking totally territorial Any- assholes about yeah. waves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like anyone who feels like they're like the, the in groups really be fucking out groups. <laughs> You know, like I could see some guy like doing the weird like jam band dance, like with his arms up, like look where I actually don't know what you're talking about. Can you do the jam band dance? Just imagine like a guy who's trying to hula hoop, but he doesn't. (laughs) He doesn't. You said we needed social media content. All right. Well, first, I'm going to explain with my words. It's a guy who he has his arms up and he looks like he's trying to hula hoop, but there is no hula hoop to be seen. (laughs) The invisible hoop. All right. A little bit of that. It's kind of like. Uh... <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, actually, yeah. I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, Woo! yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> Fish rules. So. <laughs> hey, have you guys ever heard Wait. of this? This I th- I know this is fucking off topic. That whole thing, that whole dance I did was to make a point. <laughs> Yeah, wait, what's the... Yeah, go on. Go no, on. I was just going to say, like, imagine someone trying to do one of those dances, and then someone else gets mad at him, like, so he fucking stole my writ, like, mm-hmm. they just was playing the sweet guitar riff, and I was going to do the hula hoop thing. Right, or, like, you were, like, in my, like, sphere of movement. <laughs> yeah. That's annoying, Or just also, like, cool. someone being like, hey, I'm really glad you're having fun, and you're, like, really feeling the vibe. Oh, like, my God. Hey, maybe, I'm really glad you're having fun. Maybe dark. maybe that vibe is, like, not really the vibe that everyone else is trying to get on. <laughs> Excuse me, dude? Like, Who do you think? I want to tell you what to do, but um, if you don't stop dancing like that, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. <laughs> do you think Dave Matthews Band fans, or, like, who would win in a war of force between the dave matthews band fans and the fish fans i think the dave matthews fans are 
are tougher because they got literal shit poured on them and they well i guess they weren't they weren't <laughs> I think, fans i don't think the story there is that they dumped the shit onto their fans <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just random. outside of the music they released come on but you know, <laughs> yeah no uh, just kidding i have been to three dave matthews band shows okay, but, all right between between my dad uh, likes them a random group of a thousand Dave Matthews yeah. band fans and a random group of a thousand fish fans. The fish who, fans are gonna win. Who owns more swords? <laughs> I feel like oh. am I right in thinking that there are some fish fans who like drive a blacked out lifted truck, but then like they do cut loose in the sense that they're big fans of fish? I feel like there'd be more Well, maybe. I was gonna say there'd be more Dave Matthews band fans I like don't know. that. There's like a lot of that equally bizarre toxic masculinity just in the jam band scene. <laughs> toxic jam band <laughs> masculinity. Wow, I'm fascinated to know more. I don't know. That's that, there's like I, you never want to say like a style of music is like you know necessarily like defined by like these kinds of stereotypes or whatever. But I do feel like that is within the realm of just like bizarrely hyper masculine that's so music strange scenes, right like, oh yeah how long's your favorite song my, kind of. my favorite song's fucking 24 minutes bro yeah and it's just kind of like 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 are there are there women on stage at these shows like not uh, really not really no. there's I, women I, doing the invisible hula hoop dance for sure that's some of them they even might got have real invented hula hoops. it yeah. yeah yeah i feel like sadly genuinely like any you just really shouldn't let men have subcultures, to be honest. It's kind of like when you get into the realm of... Except like, for podcasting. Don't take podcasting away from us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, three men talking on mic. But, like, like if you could see the, like, the like modern kind of, like, funk jazz thing that's happening with, like, Snarky Puppy and whatever, and they'll have these, like, enormous ensembles, and it's, like, 98% still just, like, white dudes. Mm -hmm. And if there's, like, not white dudes, it's maybe, like, two or three black dudes. Uh -huh. Maybe... Yeah. Maybe someone who's Asian. Uh -huh. Maybe. Uh -huh. That's a pretty big that that in itself is kind of rare too. Uh -huh. And it's just kind of like no one really says it anything about it. And it's just kind of like they are all really great musicians, but it's like you're gonna tell me that like within the entire New York funky jazz scene that this entire ensemble is put right. together, there's not a single yeah. woman who could make the cut. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like mm -mm -mm. that guy doesn't even solo. He's just reading off of a piece of sheet music. Right. I am sure there is someone who uh -huh. can like yeah. yeah, you get what I'm saying. I do. That's its own version of that like it might not be in your face and aggressive, but it's still just like, oh yeah. Just like ambiently bad dynamics. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, my You can still hire me for your band. I'll be one of those men. <laughs> I will. So yeah, I'll be the Asian guy. <laughs> I'll, be the Asian I'll be your guy, yeah. I'll be your Doug. Yeah. Maybe uh send us out on some fish. I'm I'm just happy we're back to narrative, even if it's like Are we gonna lose it again? I don't think so. When we get to the Psalms, the Psalms are a narrative though. The Psalms are like But the Psalms are like, you know, beloved of my beloved, like It's you like know, King David being horny. Yeah, it's like kinky, okay, I'm yeah, ready kinky for that, biblical man. poetry. Yeah, he's like, I'm. You're like, you're a flower. I'm a bee. I'm My a dick is hard. <laughs> One, two, this three. This is how it's gonna be. Oh my god, <laughs> you're a flower of me. Wow, I uh, I feel the love tonight. Well, no, I think it's also just like when we get to those things, like those are that's poetry, but it's supposed to be poetry. It's not like bible poetry where people mm -hmm. say it's poetry because they don't want to completely dismiss it but it's like this isn't poetry this is barely prose mm -hmm. this is like a, a series of sentences that i guess are all, all related there once was a man named king david <laughs> whose pews were so long they got shaved <laughs> you know they uh, whacked yeah. right. whacked it's not that kind of podcast crack <laughs> <laughs> just trying to think of a horny poem so you thought of a king david's pubes Mm -hmm. I um. All right. Well, do we have anything else? Are we Are mm. we happy? Are we sad? Are we happy that we're out of the Torah? I think so. Um. Yeah. Do you have high hopes for the rest of the Bible? Had to have high, high hopes for the Bible. Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like we to get a little self-reflective. I feel like once we got through a decent amount of the Torah, I felt like we like found our footing a little bit with the show and like the way that the Torah could just kind of be the starting point for looking into some other stuff. And I feel like not actually now that we're unbound from the most important part, we can kind of just like let it hang loose a little more. I am kind of excited to see like 
from the perspective of the people who thought it was important to like write this all down to like the I feel like the prophets and all that is like the laws of the Torah in real life, you know, <laughs> like you're kind of going to see like, all right, this is the thought process or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. let's see what happens. Like, yeah, we're going to get back to God probably doing some wacky stuff. And also it's kind of a little bit more based in history, I think. Not completely, but like we know where the plot goes, right? Eventually, they're gonna get kicked out of the land of Israel when the fucking Babylonians come in, whatever. So, like, you're gonna Fuck, have to I forgot see, about that. <laughs> you're gonna have to see like the people who thought it was the most important thing to be in that land. You're gonna see them adjust and sort yeah. of like wiggle their way back into relevance. Damn, I forgot that this book has like shit getting bad for the Jews because they had to ca- they had to catch up to regular times. They had to, like, connect the dots, so they're like, oh, yeah, and then shit got bad for the Jews. Yeah, we're actually technically only on top for a little bit of time, and technically most of that is made up. (laughs) But we don't have a complex about it. Can't catch a freaking break. Maybe for the next episode, I'll come back with the actual numbers of, like, how long were the kingdoms of Israel and Judah, like, Mm -hmm. independent, not even just, like vassal states to another larger empire yeah i feel like it's gonna they're gonna be like 100 200 years max yeah that's the ancient world was crazy like that i gotta I also say feel like it's easy because we think of things in like long and like smaller terms right so it's like oh it's only 100 years but like i don't know 100 years is a long time like america's yeah. only been around for 200 ish years right and, like, and especially if people are living to be like 40 or whatever it's yeah like a couple well, I, mean, generations. That's, I think that's a little bit of a miss like the at the like the life expectancy is always screwed up with these things because of the huge amount of like infant mortality oh, but like uh-huh. i think if you live to be 40 you're probably living to be 70 i see yeah. got it no like 100 percent though living to be 90 probably pretty rare mm-hmm. but like if you make it past you're kind of like adulthood like you're good so someone could theoretically be born jews are on top and they die jews are on top mm-hmm. they rode the hole <laughs> pretty cool they bought the dip damn yeah imagine being the little brother though and just like the next day like the entirety of the civilization crushed and it's like i'm so glad my older brother didn't have to see this <laughs> i have thought this is like really not related and kind of a pedestrian observation maybe but wouldn't it be wild to have been born in the late 1800s and then died in the late 1900s like that to me has got to be one of the craziest hundred year spans oh for sure like that would just cell phone feels like break my brain like going to space like Coca-Cola, you went from being in horses to space yeah well just imagine someone telling you like hey one day all of these places are going to be electrified right and then they're sending electricity to space yeah or just like I don't know, just every single thing about your life being entirely different in the course of your lifetime. Like- Digital media. <laughs> or also Napster. Imagine being like 45 years old when World War One breaks out and just being like, well, it couldn't possibly have gotten any worse than that. Yeah. And not that long later, you're like only 60. You're like retiring. You're like, yeah, it got way, way worse. I feel like I would almost be yearning to die. I'd be like, what else is going to happen? I don't know, man. I, yeah, I would probably, I would probably yearn Imagine for death. entering your twilight years as Reagan takes over. You know, I kind of want to stop this conversation <laughs> though because we do not know what the next three decades holds. Imagine yeah. entering the twilight years while Reagan takes over. Yeah, imagine being Reagan. Yes, yeah, <laughs> he lived that every single day. I don't um, want to accidentally curse anything with oh, like no, someone yeah, else I mean, being like, "Wow, imagine being like amongst the like the older population as like." The ecology of the planet collapsed. The next sixty, yeah. the next fifty oh years God. are gonna get buck wild. And We're gonna have so much to podcast. Not about. in a good way. Yeah. Um, so much content, man. Get it? Yeah, that's true. These books will. Forever. We're gonna be like Alex Jones, watching our own sentence, <laughs> making content out of it. Hey, man. It's- For one report, forced to give birth, right? Like twenty million dollars, and we're like, we don't have that kind of money. They're trying to. They're trying to destroy to, us. We're gonna have to buy our, our supplements. <laughs> yeah, I want. I want to get sued by birthright, and then, and then people have to buy our supplements so that we can funnel the money to birthright. But really, it was us and birthright working together the whole time. The supplement is called King Jew. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. It's just orange juice and a little bit of Theraflu. <laughs> I wish I had some King Jew on me right now. Yeah. All right.
All right, you king Jews and queen Jews. Um, you should like and subscribe to our podcast. You probably already have, but have you told your friends about it? Uh, you should. Do you, you might like it. You might subscribe to it, but do you follow it on the Spotify? Mm-hmm. This is this too. is might me like reloaded. You know, this is a whole new era. So get with it. This is. Do you know what it is? We, we have so much energy because we're just not reading the Torah. Mm-hmm. We're done. Yeah. We're done with the tat Torah. Out. And for the people who said that we should just go back and read it again like as a tradition, you're absolutely Are wrong. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> oh my god. That would never happen. That it would be torture. That's Torah. Yeah. Torah. 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 Father. All right, everybody have a safe evening. A good evening. Yeah. If you will. And you will.